everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. My name is Yulinda Schroeder. I'm the news editor of Farmers Weekly, and I will be telling you about all the exciting articles featured in the latest issue of the magazine, which is the 23 April issue. I will also look at some of the main stories that made the news this week. This week's cover features some strangely beautiful banana flowers. The humble banana is usually taken for granted by consumers. But growing this popular fruit can be tricky, expensive, and involve considerable risk. Having top-performing banana plantations start with the proper establishment of the crop, says Farmers Weekly senior journalist Lloyd Phillips. A visit to the operational nerve center of Haystack Farming in the Pongola area of northern KwaZulu-Natal reveals a highly organized and diversified farming operation that is clearly the pride of brothers Rian and Vieyer Haystack. There are fields of irrigated sugarcane and green peppers, citrus orchards, banana plantations, and cucumber tunnels. Their father, Billy, established Haystack Farming, but today focuses on managing the farm's finances while Rian and Vieyer run the operation. Bananas, which the brothers first planted in 2019, are the latest enterprise. A suitable climate and soils, as well as favorable market demand, motivate the Haystick brothers to diversify into growing this crop. It takes about 12 months from transplanting before a banana plant begins bearing, bearing fruit or harvesting, according to Via Year. The cost of Establishing and getting a banana plantation to its first harvest is about 120,000 rand per hectare at present. This includes the cost of seedlings, labor, irrigation, fertigation, the bags used to protect the growing bunches, and the poles to help the plants standing upright. The next article I would like to highlight is the Boo Goat Mentor. That Boo Goat Reader Desiree Ferreira near Freiburg in Northwest provides a valuable support network to, to developing as well as commercial bull goat farmers. She started mentoring a group of about 30 farmers a decade ago and now supports 150. Desiree says her long term objective is to help the small scale farmers she mentors move from subsistence level to commercial farming and even stud breeding. She bought her first 25 bull goat ewes and a ram in 1996, and they formed the nucleus of her Malopo bull goat stud. I had to generate an income for myself, decided on stud breeding, because of the added value this type of farming business offers, she recalls. It costs virtually the same to raise a commercial animal as a stud animal, but the return on investment is higher, and that is the object of my mentoring program. I, I want to help the breeders in my group become commercial goat breeders and eventually even stud breeders. This involves showing them how to run their herds in a sustainable and profitable manner, she explains. The proper management of a goat flock is an intricate affair, and breeders need leadership and information to manage their herds cost-effectively in the long term. The farmers under her wing hail mostly from northwest, the Northern Cape, 
Limpopo and Gauteng and represents thousands of goats. I've seen a phenomenally positive change in the quality of the goats in our groups since we started a decade ago. The men and women taking part are motivated farmers and thirsty for knowledge. I'm especially impressed by the dedicated way in which they implement what they learn, she says. Now we look at news. The main news story of the week was the sharp increase in the international fertilizer prices, which are at their highest level in 24 months. These increases have been attributed to low stock levels due to the to the COVID-19 pandemic, rising natural gas prices, and earlier plantings in the US and EU, which increased the demand for fertilizers. The input, input cost situation is made even worse by ever-increasing fuel prices and the 16% increase in the minimum wage. The second story I want to look at is about a number of NGOs representing rural women in KZN taking the Ingonyama Trust Board to court in a dispute about the validity of lease agreement on traditional land. The dispute has its origins in 2017 when the Trust invited people to convert existing permission to occupy rights on traditional land to long-term leases. Lawyers for the applicants argued that they had not been properly informed of the consequences of signing these, these leases and that they would in fact be weakening existing rights. No date has yet been set for delivery of judgment. The next story highlights the fact that South Africans' Sharon fruit growers, also known as Oriental persimmon, are expecting a good harvest this season at 4,000 tons. The higher volume and good quality of the fruit was the result of favorable weather conditions, according to the marketers of Sharon fruit in South Africa. Retailers in the UK and Europe were keen to receive their first shipments of the fruit as it gave them something new to offer consumers at this time of the year when there's a shortage of exotic fruit, the company said. Demand for the fruit was also increasing locally. In the final story I'm looking at this week, a mature choda made especially for Woolworths has been crowned the South African Dairy Product of the Year at the South African Dairy Awards held near Stellenbosch recently. Cheese aged for 10 months is made by Lactala South Africa and Ladysmith in the Western Cape. This is the third time that this cheese has won, won this coveted title. That's it for the week. Please follow us on our social media pages at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, Keep safe and happy farming.